0: This hes the Sabre Advisor's audio experience.
1: So I'm counting on them having some really interesting uh, things to say, and certainly we've all lived through a year of, of plenty of opportunities to pivot, so there should be some good learnings uh, to uh, to share with the room. I want to remind everybody that uh, the CRE Digital Army is a uh, group of like-minded content creators in the commercial real estate space. Uh, being content creators, uh, we make content and therefore are returning, returning while recording this room. Uh, so if you uh, do happen to come up on stage with a question or a comment, uh, then you are consenting to being recorded and uh, being potentially repurposed as content, but only in the nicest of ways. Uh, we uh, we do this uh, every week and uh, I believe that uh, our hosts will take questions as we go along. So uh, if you wanna raise your hand, then we will, uh, we'll bring you up uh, as we can a couple at a time. And uh, with that, uh, I'll just uh, introduce myself and then turn it over to uh, everybody else to do the same. So my name is Douglas Jerem. I lead the uh, national advisory group at Sabre Real Estate Advisors. I uh, help uh, our clients scale their uh, retail concepts at, uh, at Brick and Mortar. And uh, Gina, why don't you introduce yourself? We'll come
2: back to you. Uh, so Corey, how about you? All right. I am Corey Zelnick. I, my company is Zelnick & Company. We are a small boutique company based in Manhattan and doing our primary business uh, throughout the five boroughs of New York City. Uh, currently representing one of the largest independent landlords throughout New York. Um, Lloyd Goldman been doing that for the, over 20 years now. Currently on the, on the, landlord, on the tenant side uh, representing Panda Express. And their ro- slow, very slow rollout in the New York City metro market, and handling Smashburger, and their expansion in Manhattan, amongst other tenants. Outstanding, Kyle. How about you?
0: Hey guys, uh, my name is Kyle and Sarah. I work with Doug over at Saber. Um, I focus on emerging restaurant concepts um, and helping them expand across the country.
3: Jesse. Hey, everyone. Jesse Lamone. I'm with Marcus and Milichap out of the Manhattan office. <clears throat> I work uh, predominantly on credit tenant deals, single and multi-tenant, primarily sales, very little, if any, leasing ever. That's about it. Excellent. The investment,
1: uh, investment side being represented. Nice. Russell.
4: Sorry, I was muted. Hey, Russell Helbling. I'm also uh, at Saber. I run our New York office. Uh, on a day-to-day, uh, as far as business goes, is strategically rolling out uh, corporate tenants, mostly in the food uh, and beverage space. Polished casual is really what I focus on, and mostly coffee. Do a lot of coffee work. Um, and on the landlord side, uh, very focused on ground up. Uh, place making, re-merchandising uh, developments on a larger scale basis, you know, 100,000 square feet or more, um, you know, mostly in New York, but we're expanding that territory on a go forward basis to help landlords across the country. So that's my, that's my passion.
1: Excellent. Well, welcome all of you. So uh, with uh, just one more word, I'm going to turn it over to, to you guys uh, to run the show and uh, I'll just uh, chime in at, at reset time uh we um Bucky I can uh, I see your your hand we're gonna just let these guys hit uh, an initial topic so just leave your hand up it's totally cool i uh, just want to let you know what, it'll be a few minutes and then we'll uh, and then we'll uh, be happy to, to pull you up uh, and with that uh gentlemen uh, take it away
4: thank you
2: hey right. <laughs> do you, so- you want
4: Yeah, sure. I'll kick it off. Uh, We we were, you know, brainstorming ideas of what we were going to talk about today and how we were going to try to add value to listeners and also, you know, gain education for ourselves. And in the conversation that we were having yesterday about it, we wanted to have a discussion that would help to uh, have good group interaction from the people in the room, because I feel that when we get The the better clubhouses that I'm part of, it's, you know, it's great to hear the moderators talk, but I always want to hear what the people in the audience have to hear to get a different perspective, because most of the time when we're in these rooms, I'll know a lot of the moderators or what, you know, we interact with them on on a day to day. So it's nice to hear uh, what, you know, the folks in the community are doing. So we kind of kicked around a bunch of ideas and ultimately we, we decided on uh, discussing how you've grown or pivoted through not only this downturn, but other downturns that you've seen uh, throughout your career and how you've um, modified your day-to-day operations and, and been able to capitalize on the downturn and, and turn it into uh, a positive rather than a negative and how that has been grown to when the market gets better, how you've continued to grow that business based on what you've done in a downturn. Uh, I think we're really fortunate to have a a extremely seasoned vet uh, on on the panel today in in Corey Zelnick. And we decided that he would kick it off because I know he's got better stories than me, so I wanted to, and he's seen more downturns than I have. I'm not knocking you, Corey. <laughs> I, I, I respect you very, very much. So we wanted to let Corey jump it off and then we'll all kind of chime in on some of the things that we've done to to pivot and grow. I know we obviously a lot of people in this room know what Sabre as a whole has done to pivot and grow. But we want to talk more, you know, not about just uh, leveraging social media, like actual... You know tactics that you've used or asset classes that you focused on to, to help grow your business when the market as a whole isn't doing really well. So, Corey, please take it away. I, I want those nuggets bad. knowledge. Right, well,
2: I hope I, I hope I can I hope I can help. And uh, thank you for the introduction. And by the way, before I dive in, one of the great things that I love about the the clubhouse and networking and all of that is, is learning something new every time uh, that I listened. It's usually sometimes it's small, sometimes it's large, but right out of the gate, I I heard the term polished casual. And I had never, I had never heard that term before. So I, I want to learn more about polished casual after this Russell. Thank you.
4: Absol- uh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>, me too. <laughs> um, you know, uh, having gone through so many, so many changes in, in the, in, in the in, in the industry and in situational. You know, here we're living through this COVID time. You go back to oh eight financial, you go back to nine eleven, uh, and, and there were earlier financial crises beyond beyond that. I think the first the first thing that you think about or that I've think thought about always uh, and, and have learned through, throughout the years, the, the the first immediate thing is sort of a, a retrench, come back to basics. And look at the field, like a quarterback would look at the field and see, and really see what's going on and slow everything down, get involved, you know, and get involved with everybody at every aspect. Now we all do this. On a regular basis with our clients either landlord or tenant but it's it's really about retrenching with them and 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 getting in there and and i apologize for some of the cliches but they, they're basic and they're important and it really becomes very much a listen 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 type of scenario some of the guys like when when we hit uh when COVID hit uh back in march I spent uh, March, April, uh, the balance of March, April, May, and June renegotiating everything for my clients. I have 19 Lenwich leases. We had to renegotiate and retrench 19 leases. And some of them, the suggestion was just to walk away. And he walked away from them under on, on, on the good guy provisions. Uh, 11 Panda Expresses, uh, that's 11 different deferrals. That's what you had to work on because that's what your client's needs were. It wasn't about where can we find you the next site. Um, it was about understanding everybody's needs from from, from the landlord perspective. The landlord perspective was, hey, how do we keep some of these guys? What do we need to do from the mom and pop uh, to the larger chains? Now, the larger chains, there was leverage. You have corporate signatures. But with the mom and pops, it was about figuring out a way to work with them to keep them, because the the, the vacancy in, in a lot of these places was was going to cost you at least two years uh, of income. So let's take the five or seven thousand a month as opposed to the fifteen they were they were paying, and then we'll figure it out. And then you work through different uh, lease amendments and lease provisions to protect both sides, but you want to keep the space occupied. You want to collect something, but again, at its core, it's really about understanding everybody's needs and putting, putting, putting your needs aside. What are our needs? You know, we all want to make a living. We all want to make money, but that can't be, that can't be top of the list. It, it just can't be because you have to understand you're going into this about main about, about helping and about maintaining Helping the client and maintaining your relationship. This is this is a this is a real true pay it forward time. And that was the case in all of these situa- in all of the various situations. You know, 9-11 at at 9-11, there wasn't even a conversation to be had. The the world, those of you that are on here that are, recall this, everything just outright stopped. There was just nothing. There was no one, people were literally in shock i i i would say to you i had one client who kept moving and i'll I'll come back to that in a second but but with where COVID was it was about everyone was poised to react they just had to understand how to react and our roles as advisors is is really to be as open honest candid and helpful as possible because again it's about maintaining your relationship one the, 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 the crazy so so singularly focused story I could allude to uh regarding 9 eleven was rep- i uh, had, had the good fortune to be representing dwayne Reed at the to- at the time and and uh, I, I literally i literally had agreed uh, to terms on a new deal. I got in in my car to drive out I was meeting a Long island landlord. And I was coming from the city, so we chose the old Scobie Diner, for those of you who remember, out of Little Neck Parkway and Northern Boulevard, uh, to meet. And 9-11 was literally happening. Like, I was driving up the FDR drive, and, and all the, the alarms and the firemen and the police were all going downtown, really, at that point, not knowing what happened. But I had to get out there because I'm trying to make a deal. So I, sh- I literally shake hands on a deal for a new Dwayne Reed, which was great. That was very positive. The net net results of the day, we all know. Terrible. Well, the next morning, this, myself and my former partner, Jeff Winnick, uh, were on the phone with the CEO of Dwayne Reed. called us to his office, and we were strategizing. And we were there to listen. What did you want to do? Well, the, third, the, the number three grossing store in the chain was in the trade center. That was lost. How are we going to replace that? Where are we going to go? This is literally the next morning. How are we going to fill that void? 27 million dollars in sales. What do we got to do? What do we got to do? What do we got to do? That was his plan. That was the only person who was speaking. We couldn't we could get landlords to respond to us, but he was out there. That was his strategy. Most pulled back and said, let's see the field. Let's see what's going on and we'll figure it all out. So sort of long-winded, but, but the most important thing is really about listening and understanding and being patient with what your client's needs are. And that is how you'll adapt and adjust with service providers. And that, that, that's, that, that was how, that's how I see it.
3: Mm-hmm. Corey, that's a good point. Actually, like, because my, my business is predominantly cold calling. And so all of last year, uh, 2020, like I was only, I was 100% on the phones, no touring, no, uh, no ICSCs obviously with everybody else. And so, you know, I think when COVID really hit is like, we had to stop cold calling for business and really start calling people that we knew relationships and kind of, you know, engage in the act of kind of educating as to what other landlords were doing across the country. Kind of like what you're talking about, what you had to do for Len Lenwich and uh, for Panda. And so essentially, you know, for a while, a good, I'd say two months. And I don't know what other people experienced. It was like cold calling. And, you know, bringing new business in was sort of put on hold. Um, Which was, I think unprecedented, you
4: know, the timeline there. Yeah, what did you Yeah, so for at least in the very, very beginning. So I was fortunate where I didn't have to do the, the actual workouts. I mean, we've done that for some of our other clients. But what I did for that, you know, those first two months was field I rate landlord calls from uh, landlords that got the letter from Starbucks that said that they were going to stop paying rent. And these were new deals, old deals, and every landlord calling me, you know, cursing me up and down. Uh, How could I do this? I just opened this store. I have a mortgage to pay. How could they stop paying rent, et cetera, et cetera. And I had the um, unenviable job of talking them off a ledge and, you know, Luckily, um, most of the landlords, at least for their stores in our market, did not get a reduction in rent um, and, and they were paying rent and stayed open uh, because the stores did you know, decent. Uh, but then you know, a good chunk of the portfolio is drive-throughs. And I kept assuring landlords saying, listen, it's a drive-through they're doing incredible volume. They're not gonna stop paying rent. They're gonna be fine. Just give them time. Don't do anything until, you know, there's nothing to do until you don't get your rent check on the first of the month. At that point, call me, and then we could try to figure it out. But, you know, I think they're just using it as a tactic to renegotiate when they can. Um, and again, ultimately, uh, they ended up staying and paying rent and everything worked out. It was all, all good, good. But yeah, it was uh, like eight weeks of of therapy sessions for landlords was it wasn't a lot of fun. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and I look, I think in this, I think in this particular day and age, I mean, where we're seeing really retailers, uh, service providers, and, you know, uh, just about everybody else in the world is looking at, their business model with technology, with Amazon, you know, and I think that the the mentality of change is good and that most folks need to take that into their repertoire of thinking in the way that they adapt on a daily basis, you know, just in order to not just to survive and, and to but just to you know to flourish in the business as it continues to evolve and in not just any business, but again, whether it be retail or, or service providers like brokers um but it's just such a changing environment and i think that uh being really tuned into what's going on out there will just really serve as uh uh serve your business and 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 your clients as well
4: no i i completely agree 100% um and then you know as far as things that I've utilized to, you know, wait,
5: Rusty, or, before you, before you move sure, on, can I interrupt sure. you? Cause I wanted to piggyback on what you were saying before. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Justin, Justin Corrinus is up here now. So hi everyone. knowledge. Um, so for those of you who don't know my background, I, I started in the commercial real estate business uh, with a firm called Studley, which is now Savills. But at that time when I started, uh, it was 2006 and, um, I'd gotten a couple of years under my belt before, you know, we really hit that financial crisis in 2008 and 2009. And at that point, we were working on a lot of large national industrial portfolios, specifically for, I shouldn't even say industrial portfolios, for, um... Georgia Pacific International Paper, LVMH, those kinds of things. And um, so, for instance, with International Paper was a big one. They had 1900 properties across North America, from industrial to office to retail to forest land. Um, and, you know, I was kind of the young guy on the team and spending a lot of my time essentially doing lease restructuring and um, renegotiations for existing leases and, and uh, renewals and things like that. So I kind of cut my teeth in the industry doing those sorts of things. So when this all happened, um, we kind of as a company thought, listen, this is this is something we can potentially offer to our existing clients as well as potentially to new clients. And to be very candid, it opens a potential door to people that we you know previously were trying to do business with, but you know on the more traditional. You know hey you're looking to expand we can help you side uh and now all of a sudden it's like we're coming at it from a different angle and and you know working out a business relationship through something that you know we can do and and are good at and is of utmost importance to them at that time um so we put uh, um, that portfolio restructuring in place and i spent most of honestly through march it wasn't really a thing it kind of started in april and may june and july um, and to be very honest, we're now in late February of 2021. Uh, I have two clients I'm still working on those deals for that have, you know, decent sized portfolios, uh, in New York and in California where, you know, restrictions obviously are still pretty limiting. Um, and one of the things that's most interesting, I think is, is one of those clients is, is, um, a, a national fitness concept and. Fitness in New York City has still not been legally allowed to be open. Uh, Boutique fitness, like classes, not not gyms. Boutique fitness has still legally not been allowed to be open one day since uh, March 13th. So, you know, when you're talking about trying to do lease restructuring, you know, we thought in early March this would, you know, we'd be talking about things reopening in May, and then it was, you know, things are going to reopen by July, and then it was things are going to be re- reopened by September, and it's like, all right, everything's doing pretty good, like, October will be the date, and then it's, you know, the holidays are coming, and things started tightening up again, and going the wrong direction, um, and it's, it's not only, like, that initial pivot of, like, here's something we're putting into place, but specifically even through the experience with these two clients, it's an ongoing, continuing uh, difficult problem that has not gotten any better. And I can't tell you how many times we thought we agreed to terms on a lease restructure amendment with a landlord only to have some kind of like loose projection. Hey, the, you know, we'll, we'll reopen. We think the city and state will allow us to reopen by July. So we'll be reopened by July. We could start paying percentage rent, et cetera, et cetera, only to find out by like September, we're still not open yet. And that whole deal has to get thrown out the window and, and redone. Yes. Um, so it's sometimes that initial pivot, you know, isn't enough. Um, and I, I just I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, Rust. I know you're you're uh, fielding these angry phone calls from for you know for Starbucks specifically and some other things. And uh, the amount of times I was getting angry phone calls of you know your your tenant still hasn't opened, and then you know legally they're not allowed to. So what are we supposed to do about it?
2: And and all all of that beget the the experience. That we're going through now from a from a lease a lease provision and modification perspective currently and from a request slash demand that you need for a tenant going forward in all lois and leases. Right? We all have to we all have to learn about all all of these things as it relates to you know COVID or COVID-like things that were never really addressed in any lease. And that and, and that's just from a, a document perspective. That's not getting into the, the legal ra- the legal ramifications excuse me that that come from the debate over who's right and who's wrong under these situations but I know that all the LOIs that I'm putting out or uh, that I'm receiving you know it's 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 a new uh, it's a new note in the LOI you know COVID COVID related and uh, it allowed for uh, a new and interesting learning experience which again, I, I always find is one of the great things about the business. You just learn. Something yeah. Uh, we're seeing
4: the same thing. Every deal we're doing now, it's, we're putting some type of uh, pause on timing for anything that's, you know, government mandated force majeure shutdown or unable to open. Uh, because again, I do landlords don't like it, but how can a tenant Go into something was completely out of their control. They have nothing to do with it. The government is saying, you cannot do this. So then how can my clock start ticking if I literally can't, my hands are tied. There is nothing I can do. I want to open in the worst way, but I can't. So I think that we're, you know, we're adding that in on not just corporate tenants, every tenant, because we want to make sure we protect our clients so that they don't get into a position where they're paying preterm rent uh with no end in sight. For when they're actually going to be able to generate, you know, dollars coming to the front door. So uh, I think it's, 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 an, it's definitely an annoyance uh, in the deal flow, but it's one of those things where, you know, I keep telling landlords, well, what do you want them to do? They, they, they can't open. It's not from their fault. We've got to be more flexible. And, you know, I think we've got it basically at every deal. And if
2: we can't get it, we've been walking from the deals. Yeah. It's a must have. It's, it's an absolute must have. For sure for sure.
4: Um, so uh, what I was starting to say earlier, uh, and I know we, we talked about this on our call, I just wanted to give my little tidbit on, on pivoting and then I, I'd like to hear what, what Jesse has to say and anyone else that's interested in coming up to talking about it. Um, but and I, I told you guys the story the other day. but I remember in the you know, the last downturn, it was the, the first one that I saw, you know I started in the business in like 04, and once you know, 2008, 2009 hit, um, I, you know, I had a big pipeline of deals, they all went away, I was in a bad place, you know, You know, figuring out is this what I want to keep doing? I love the business, but this this, this sucks. Um, and I remember speaking to my friend's uncle, uh, a guy by the name of Gary Truck, who's been in the business for a, a very long time as a New York City retail broker. And we were sitting at Dinner or getting drinks, and I, how's business? How you doing? You know, he's always asked. He's very, very, always been very kind to me, and trying to mentor me as much as he can uh, because um, of my relationship with his with his nephew. And he said, "Listen, man, I'm going to give you the best advice that I was ever given, and I think you should follow it. And I've been in the business a very long time, and it's worked for me, and it'll always work. And even in a downturn, it still works." And he said, "Focus on hitting singles. Singles are what pays the bills." Singles are what puts food on, on your table for your family. And singles have a higher likelihood of getting done. Because when I was a young guy in the business, the only thing I wanted to think about was making these massive deals, big hits, and I was so focused on you know, doing these big time deals because you know, that's what you read about in the real deal and you see in the New York Times, et cetera. Um, but he was like, man, you can work on those, but figure you work on one of those every three years, you know, four years If they hit great, you're gonna make a ton of money and a ton of, you know, a ton of dough doing it. But these little deals, they happen. So focus on them, and I guarantee you'll make money and you'll be happy. And, and I did. And, you know, obviously, working with these smaller tenants, and, you know, not just Starbucks, but other tenants of that ilk, where they're, again, a little bit smaller, a little bit more manageable, and, and but again, smaller fees, but I've seen that, you know, deal volume goes up, deal likelihood goes up, and then ultimately your bank account goes up. So I would say for anyone that's, you know, newer or younger in the business, don't get blinded by these, you know, massive transactions that you might see your peers doing. Focus on what's going to happen and, and you'll get to that. You'll do the big deals. They'll come with time, but if you need to pay your mortgage, singles will do that for you. So that's what I've always focused on, and and it's worked. And I still do it today. And I'd say the majority of my deals are on the you know the the smaller uh, scale financially. Just because, but I do a lot more of them, and, it, and it's and it's worked out pretty
2: well for me. So that that's and my I, I, and I and I always say not not everybody in the in the baseball Hall of Fame is a home run hitter. Plenty of guys that mm-hmm. did a lot of singles get into the Hall of Fame.
5: Yep. And, and, and something new, else I think that comes out of that too is how much. Think about how much of our business is related to the information that we're able to collect by doing our job. If you're hitting a hundred singles, you're collecting a lot more information, talking to a lot more people, touching a lot more sites and deals and everything else. To do a hundred deals, you have to what you have a pipeline of hundreds of deals. So yes. you're doing that versus, you know, you you hit one massive home run. Look, no one's realistically talking to, to one group or one person or, or focusing on one thing. But the reality is if you're doing, you know, four massive deals a year or you're doing, you know, 100 smaller deals a year, your your growth exponentially will happen more with those 100 smaller deals than I think the, the um, you know, four larger deals. And I, I had a similar experience as well when I got started. So I, I agree. Hey, Justin,
2: I got to tell you, I think yeah. I think I'm supposed to hit the microphone to clap or something like that, like <laughs> a, like a clubhouse thing. Yeah, that, that, that would be correct, that is, yes. That is a fucking amazing point. That is a fabulous, fabulous point. Real, people should suck that one up. That is huge.
1: Hey, so I'm going to step s- in here just for a, a yeah. second and uh, yeah. reset the room. We're at uh, 11.30 Eastern time. Uh so everyone uh, that has joined us uh thank you so much for being here. Uh you are listening to the weekly meeting of the CRE Digital Army. The CRE Digital Army is a group of like-minded commercial real estate professionals that are using social media to uh in their business and in their personal lives to uh to advance both uh, both causes uh we uh, we are taking questions so if you'd like to come up and uh and make a comment or ask a question please raise your hand and we'll bring you up uh do you know that we are recording this room because we are content creators and so this recording will be content and you'll be able to find it uh after uh after this show on the Saber audio experience which is available anywhere that you generally will find your podcasts Uh, available to you and it's got some uh, great content not just the CRE Digital Army but a whole bunch of other audio uh, items that uh, that you can take a listen to. Um, So know if you do come up and speak though uh, I think as I said you're being recorded. Our uh, hosts today uh, Corey, Kyle, Jesse and Russell if you like what you're hearing hit the plus sign ping somebody into the room uh, and let them get a taste of some of the goodness that's going on here and uh, also, if you if you like the content you're hearing, please follow uh, everybody up on stage and or hit them up on uh, their DMs through Instagram, Twitter or also on LinkedIn. And with that, I will turn it back over to our hosts.
2: I think Perfect. I think it'd be a, I, I think it'd be a good time uh, to, to put it to the field and, and, and hear what everybody has to say, as Russell opened with. The, the best way to learn is to get a sense of what some people are thinking. And so I, I'd love to start hearing some questions that we could respond to and create, create dialogue from that. Is there anyone looking to come up, Doug?
1: No, we'll bring them up as they do, so please raise your hand. But uh, you guys go ahead and I'll, uh, I'll jump in as we have people as I bring them up and, and I'll, uh, I'll introduce them. So you guys just uh, keep, uh, keep at the great content uh, up until that time. I think they're just all stunned and awed at the at the nuggets that you guys <laughs> yeah. are dropping. So just keep it up. <laughs> Thank Either you, that Corey, for it.
3: the <laughs> 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 Corey. They're stunned by your, uh, you know, you you're you're a source of awesome information, and uh, I want to just throw in my kind of my COVID pivot, if I if I can, real quick here before we get too far in, because I think it's important. I mean, a lot of people that I was talking to, and I think a lot of people were kind of stunned by COVID when it first was, you know, kind of rolling out in the news and it just felt like overwhelming. And it was just, it was hard to even think about business. And so one of the things that I did was I decided, all right, I got to focus on a good routine, which I was already in. I was waking up, meditating, um, and then getting on the call, getting on the phones, working. Um, And so I just was like, all right, I'm going to double down on this. So I was eating right and working out. And I tried to add, so like actually added working out to my routine during the probably the toughest part of COVID, which really took a lot of stress off of kind of the day. Um, but beyond, beyond focusing on my routine, um, kind of to feedback on what Russell said, I mean, I was really heavily focused on singles and doubles from a deal-making perspective and kind of backed off of like some of the larger stuff that I was uh, working on in 2019 and 2020. And just went back to like the Dollar Generals, the smaller single tenant, essential deals that I thought from prior, you know, 2008, um, the, the, the properties that were very frothy and successful back then, you know, I was like, I'm going to really dig in on those assets. Um, I decided if I, you know, if I was going to continue to call clients, that I need to listen more and try to relate to their individual situations, like help them. Um, and I really wanted to double down on social media because nobody was going anywhere. So I thought, you know, that would probably add a lot more dramatic value to my business. Um, and then I wanted to just like really like make it a common, you know, common denominator in everything that I did to add value for clients. And so that was sort of, those are like the five or six kind of things that I try to keep in mind every day. Um, and I'm interested in hearing about what other people did. Jesse, because, yeah, I, I, uh, I want to
4: tell that story about you were telling us yesterday about the top producer of markets. I thought that was really, uh, yeah.
3: Well, so like one of the, the, the number one agent for at least a decade, if not longer is is, uh, is out of the Manhattan office and he's his typical deal size is about a million dollars. And I think, you know, he's number one out of over a thousand agents. And it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's he did a billion dollars last year in sales. And so, you know, Really looking at consistency and paying, you know, the payoff is all about, you know, the closing. And so it's like, you know, he beats the guy who sells the hundred million dollar assets because how many hundred million dollar assets can you sell, right? There's just low. It's a low velocity asset. Right. You Uh, said he's
4: only selling. He's basically million dollar assets, right? And he did a long John Silver's,
3: Dollar Generals, right? Exactly. It is crazy.
4: Which is again, I think, reiterates the point that if we want to be successful in today's day and age right now with everything that's crazy going on, really focusing on those deals that are going to close. I mean, it just, it's mm-hmm. high probability think, brokerage. Exactly. It's just like, a, it's smart money. It makes a lot of sense. I
5: want to call Jesse out in a really positive way too. Jesse, your your Instagram is absolutely fucking hilarious and I, it's just a great um, amalgamation of all of the, um, you know, kind of hilarious uh real estate and specifically investment sales memes and things that we kind of see out there. And I know, I know some of that's your yours, uh, you know, direct stuff as well. But it's it's just awesome and, you know, good for you. And especially on the side of the business that I think doesn't always have a lot of personality. Uh, I think you're bringing it and I think it's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's so awesome. we've got uh, Abby
1: has raised her hand and we've brought her up here. So, hey, Abby, how are you doing? What can we do Hi. for you? Hi.
6: This is my first time on Clubhouse, a lot of fun so far. Welcome, uh,
1: congratulations.
6: So, Thanks for pulling me up. Uh, I am the founder of Pedal Retail Advisors. We are an advisory and brokerage designed especially for new retailers just getting started in bricks and mortar. So in addition to serving as advocates for retail business owners, we make sure they're equipped with all of the context, uh, and information they need to really participate in the retail real estate process, which as you guys know, can otherwise be pretty inaccessible to newcomers. Uh, so pedal is brand new. This is my COVID pivot uh, and, and I'm super excited about it. But I will say, I, I just would love to pose a question to the group um, and get your thoughts because part of my thesis and my hope in starting this business is that there's gonna be opportunity particularly for new retailers as, you know, Vacancy comes online, there's more consolidation, uh, you know, a desire for local and new and different. Um, but as I, I'm sure you're all seeing, the market has been really slow to adjust uh, to, to the crisis, both in, you know, a, a fundamental shift in deal economics, but also like, you know, what do we do going forward to protect people's downsides in situations like this? And I, it's taken a lot longer than I would have expected to start to see, you know, more creative deal structures become the norm. Uh, so I, I'm just curious to, to hear what other people are seeing and, and what other people think.
2: What what market are you in, Abby?
6: Ah, D.C., Washington, D.C.
2: Okay. Um, I'll, I'll grab it a little bit because, you know, I'm, I'm, sit, I'm city folk also. And, and I, I have seen the change. I have seen a lot of adapting in, in New York City in particular is known to be stubborn and hardcore from, from a landlord perspective. But I, I will tell you that I think that you just got to keep grinding and, and people are going to come to understand that they're going to have no choice, but to adapt and adjust and, and seeing how my new, my landlords that I represent and the landlords that I'm dealing with when I'm on the tenant side, uh, th- there is that uh, adaptation, um, we have been doing the, the create the creative, if you will, um, beyond uh, just the percentage rent setups. Uh, the the concessions have been creative. The the ramp up rents from you know no no rent for a period straight percentage to a modest rent thereafter to one more year of a little bit of an increase and then hopefully by year three four you you get a set. So, ju- just from a pure guidance perspective, I would say just keep grinding and staying focused on your tenants' needs and, ge- and giving the pushback uh, to the- to the landlord. Uh, make sure you have uh, for your tenants. Make sure you have the protections uh, that we had, that Russell and I had talked about earlier with respect to COVID-related situations. You know, put that put that right out there. Make sure your your tenants are aware of it. I'm sure their lawyers will be aware of it those that aren't, if they're that new and haven't engaged with attorneys in terms of watching their their spending, keep them aware of those type of things. I think that that's what you have to do. I think you just have to keep imparting upon both sides that they have to adjust. There really is just no choice. If, you, if there's no adjusting, then people are going to be just dead in the water and nobody wants to do that. Um, so I hope that answered that a little bit.
4: No, I I agree, Corey. I'll back that up. You know, we're seeing uh, on a lot of our tenant side work in the, you know, borough, New York City, and the and the outer boroughs. You know, landlords are 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 agreeing to these ramp up rent deals. You know, low rent year one, a little bit higher year two, a little bit better year three, and by year four we're kind of getting to the rent that they want to get to, um, because I think smart landlords are seeing the value of not having a vacancy. Uh, because if they're not going to be able to be flexible, they're going to be sitting with the space for a lot longer, holding steady on this very high pre-COVID asking rent. And at this point, they've been bleeding for a year, and they've realized, you know, it, it's let's just get someone in there, get some action on the space, and uh, you know, long term it should pay off. So we're seeing a lot of that as well, and I think that it, it'll continue for at least the next six months, maybe longer. Uh, as the world kind of you know resets itself, and I also don't know if rents will ever go back to that you know extraordinary level uh, anytime soon. But um, it, it's encouraging that landlords, especially in the five boroughs of New York City, who are, are traditionally very difficult, as you just said, are, are I think finally seeing the light and understanding that it's a tenant market, and if they want to fill their space, they need to bend, or they're going to be sitting empty and the the tenant's just going to go down the street or literally one you know one block over and find a landlord that's willing to make a deal and, and open there and that guy's going to be still sitting there holding the bag so um, we're seeing a lot of it
2: i will I'll, I'll just Great yeah just as a last sorry doug just as a last thought I, there has not been uh a, and you know we're all in the location 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 business there has not been one one landlord that I've spoken to in Manhattan that I have told him that if he has a vacancy, he will be at zero income for a minimum of one year. And that, you know, that includes all the marketing, all the downtime, all the whatever, and finding the tenant. And that and that's for the better locations. For off my off location conversations with landlords is you're looking at twenty four to thirty months of no income if if you don't take what you have in hand. So they, they they're adjusting i promise you they're adjusting
6: well i love it thank you i i so appreciate the insight and i just gotta on my ground uh i i have learned through covid uh something i didn't know about myself which is how impatient i am uh and you know i think april may june you know i'm i'm watching the BizNow now update waiting for like okay you know these leases are done or you know we're d- reducing rent like it's it's not going to happen. We all just have to stay in the trenches. And even though, you know, landlords may not like it, I recognize that they know that they're probably going to have to do it. Uh, that's so, it. so, yeah, thanks.
2: Pa- that's great. And pa- patience, you know, is on the top of the list of mantras for all of us in this business. And if I can co- quote a great friend of mine who's on who's listening in here, aggressive patience. Use those two words together. It works.
1: I love it. Well said. So, anybody else, if you have questions, please raise your hand, and uh, we will bring you up. Would love to uh, to take your questions. As you've seen, getting some great answers and uh, feedback uh, to Abby's questions. So, love to keep that going. Uh, in the meantime, gentlemen, what uh, what else uh, is on your mind on this topic?
2: Well, the certain, certainly uh, you, you, you can't help but just deal with the, the pace. The, the pace is, I know we're all always anxious as, as brokers. It can never get done fast enough. Um, but I know that you know, I had a, heard Russell speak last week uh, uh, about uh, Starbucks signing off and approving and things like that uh, on new deals. And I don't know what he's seeing, but I'm seeing, even where I have sign offs, still the pace is is so so ultra slow uh some of it is caution um but there 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 is the fact that there is I don't think that there, there's really any tenant that must have any location i'm sure russell will say you know starbucks is doing all these things because they're backfills and they want to get them and there's opportunity and that's great but i i would Venture to guess that if they didn't get one of them in particular, it's not going to stop their existence. And that's what I'm finding a lot of with my guys. We want to do things. Smashburger, we're pursuing things. Lynenwich, we're pursuing things, but we're not going to do anything out of desperation.
4: And yeah, I, well, not- I completely agree with that, Corey. No, nothing's happening out of desperation event, whether it's Starbucks right. or not, but uh, I think a, a really good example is we, we recently picked up Boston Market Corporate. Uh, for, um, again, five boroughs, Long Island, Northern Jersey, Westchester, Southern Connecticut. But we're really focused right now on Manhattan. And we've had the assignment for about six months or so. We've already signed three leases, I believe. We've got three or four or five more out that are getting close to the finish line. And on our weekly update call, uh, yesterday, he said, okay, great. I want to see, you know, 20 more deals, uh, not stuff that we've already looked at. Um, and we're getting deals done because they are, they just purchased the company. They have certain metrics that they need to hit. Um, New York City produ- specifically has been their best market uh, across the country uh, historically as far as sales volume goes. And, and they're, they are being aggressive as far as signing deals. However, we are structuring our deals um, um, that uh, with those aggressive rent structures, you know, 60% uh, or, you know, of the rent they're asking or 50% of the rent they're asking and, rent, you know, grading it up over the first three to four years of the lease. Uh, and we're looking at everything, but to the point you made, Corey, if it's a bad deal and the landlord is just unwilling to give us the rent structure or give us TA that we need or any of the other items, it, our guy is just like, next, because we know there's so many opportunities out there that we could again move five storefronts over and get a landlord that's willing to give us the type of deal structure we want and and the smart <clears throat> the smart money the smart tenants are are leveraging that and the smart landlords same thing they're agreeing cuz they know to your point if it's not a great location it's okay to be rent free for 30 months is a huge hit to your revenue stream so uh, deals are happening. Um, it's just finding the right aggressive, smart tenant to do it. And this, you know, Boston market's been a real boon for us during COVID because they want to open in the next 24 months a hundred stores in New York. So that's a lot of deals, and we're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So it's been great. Uh,
1: are we that excellent. are we that boring? Hey. Are we that now, boring? Say so hey, here's what, what's up next. So we got a bunch of digital army members uh, <laughs> here in the audience, and uh, I'm going to start pulling them up uh, one by one to have them tell us something they did to pivot, or they can volunteer. But uh, I may just uh, go in the order of uh, what I got here. So, oh, look, volunteer! All oh, that is outstanding. Thank you, Jennifer. Welcome.
7: Good morning. How are you? Good
1: morning. Thank, oh, we're great. We are great. Awesome. Happy Friday. So let's. Happy Friday. Do you have? What did you do to uh, to pivot uh, you, over the last year?
7: You know, um, Julie and I did a little soul searching like March and April because so much of our business had stopped. And one of the things we were in a meeting with uh, the owner, and we all ask the question, what are we going to do to replace our industry's largest convention? And we all thought, well, why don't we do an Arizona-specific ICSC? We'll call it AZSC. And we'll invite all of the broker, retail brokers in Arizona, and we'll have you know, moderators, and we'll have different rooms, and we'll have a lobby where you can kind of, quote-unquote, run into somebody and just have an impromptu meeting. But we're going to have you know, set topics and, you know, panels. And we did, we pulled it together in about 17 days. And in each room at one point, we had a hundred people and it was a great way to connect locally, find out who is, was continuing to push on, who was pulling up stakes, who was on pause and, um, you know, just get us all on the same page and, and kind of got that relationship you know, a little closer with your local brokers, you know, and and working together and it worked out great.
2: That's tremendous. I think that's, tr- that's tremendous. That's tremendous. I think, uh, you know, the best, the best we can do here is put people on zoom. We're not even allowed to put that many people together. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's a tremendous pivot and that's fabulous.
3: Thank you, Jennifer. That was excellent. Jay, welcome up.
4: Yeah, man. I I love, I'll, I'll say
3: that, um, you know, I I had many COVID pivots. I think, I think everybody's in this room as a result of one of my COVID pivots. Um,
4: and I just want to say that I'm so proud sitting here, uh, listening from the audience of everybody in here. Um, and
3: that's really all i had to say man i love you guys you're doing a great job and this is so fun excellent thank you
1: so now i've drafted a few people it is an army after all so drafting is right in line with uh with our uh branding uh so if you got a little uh invite come on up and let's uh let's chat i'm sending some more in the meantime gentlemen on with the show.
0: Hey guys, I I want to jump back in. I sorry, I'm kind of nursing back uh my wife and daughter who have tested positive for COVID since we've come back from Disney. So sorry for, for my, yeah, my side there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we're we're doing that. But um just you know in regards to how everything um I guess it wasn't a pivot, but I, I love sports analogies, which uh Russ was touching on hitting singles before. But it, it struck me when, when this all came down, having, you know, dealing with restaurants, uh, both as an operator, uh, an investor in a restaurant and in, uh, in my professional life in commercial real estate that, you know, just like in sports, when, when the shit really hits the fan, it's really time to focus on fundamentals. You know, what are you doing? what, what needs to be improved on, on the most basic level? Uh, for your clients, uh, where can, you know, I, I pride myself on being able to put myself in their shoes in a lot of regards. So, um, you know, kind of reaching out to them and saying, I know where you're going through. I know, um, you know, some of the struggles you're having, where are you at with some of your basic stuff, you know, your vendor conversations, your landlord, um, you know, how are you paying people? Are you up to date on your your invoices? Kind of helping in that regard. And and I've found that, that putting that time in then um, has really kind of led to um, deals and opportunities now. So I just think you know when, when everything went to zero, and we're still kind of there. Is just focusing on on the work and focusing on on the things that got you there are are increasingly important.
1: Uh, that's great. That's excellent, Kyle. So definitely some good good guidance. So we got a couple of uh, volunteers. So uh, Eddie, what? is going on
8: what's the wisdom that you have to share today good morning everyone I wish the wisdom was my own but I am I've said it once I'll say it again I am very fortunate to be with the group and the team that I'm with and my business partner who has been in the industry for 18 years I watched what others were doing and I was also watching what he was doing and we sat down one day very early into COVID and he said, you know, I've been through these before and everybody else is backing off and we're watching everybody else back off. We need to have difficult conversations and we need to double down. So literally he was the guy that was always getting inbound business. And I just watched him absolutely start grinding as everyone else was backing off. And that's the key to success, right? That is absolutely the key to success. Everybody else is backing off, so we double down. That's what I learned during COVID.
1: I think there's a similar investment uh, adage that I I forget which of the famous uh, investors has has said, but uh, he's running towards what everybody's running away from. Warren Buffett? Yeah, probably. That sounds about right. Thank you. Uh Adam, what do you got for us today? It'll Sorry, add, Doug. I'm actually driving
9: <laughs> a market. I'm actually driving a market for you right now, Doug. Um Good. so I'm multitasking.
1: but um, I can let you go because that's important. So
9: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but I would say, I mean, everyone sort of repeated what I, I thought very early on in uh in COVID was having really good habits every day and doubling down. And what we did was we reached out to the landlords we did the most deals with over the last number of years. And we just offered free service, like whatever you need to help. And we started obviously getting involved in the rent, uh, the, the rent discussions and the negotiating of, uh, you know, relief. And we just every day offered our service to, to all our landlords for help. And it's now turning into some landlords that um, we, we wouldn't necessarily have a listing or what have you, um, they've hired us on stuff because we, we, we reached out to people that we didn't necessarily have the listings with. And they're like, we're, you know, they recognize that we were putting ourselves out there. We weren't looking for anything in particular. And I, I think that's, that's paid off. I can see it now as the, the market's starting to turn a little bit um, that um, those kinds of things you know, go a long way.
2: Yeah. I think I, if I can jump this, if there's one thing that these, uh, situations, crises, whatever you want to call them, uh, allow you or give you the opportunity to think about is the true long game. That is our business. It's really about the long game and so you put in the time that, that Adam's referring to and, and I had alluded to it earlier on my rent deferrals and my and, and my lease renegotiations. That that was I, I didn't collect a nickel for that. And it really it, it's really, really about the long game. And I speak to those those tenants and I speak to the various landlords on a daily basis. And I know that there are opportunities coming down the pike. I don't have anything marked down on the calendar, but I know that. I know that they'll be there and, um, I, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a fair amount of people that are on, on this listen that are, you know, that are younger and experiencing stuff like this for the first time. But just to reiterate, really understand that this is a long game and putting, putting in the effort now and rolling up the sleeves and really understanding your client base and their needs is about, is, is just about that, the long game. Yeah, great,
1: great advice. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're going to bring up uh, April. April has a, a question or a comment. So
10: yes, April. I just,
1: welcome to the stage.
10: Thank you, thank you. Um, this is my first uh, clubhouse with uh, uh, CRE Digital Army. So uh, thanks for thanks to Jamal for putting that out there and, and uh, sending that invite. Um, but one thing I just wanted to segue on, on what was just being discussed is really going into the trenches with the tenants during, you know, the crisis and then seeing that you're not leaving them, you know, just kind of to, to, to suffer on their own. I think that's, that's, that says a lot about your business and we're all in this industry to sign the next new deal. But it's it's different when there's a shift in the climate and and our tenants are really struggling. Is offering that service and that value, um, and and them knowing that you're there for them, any way you can. And in particular, I was helping my tenants, you know, uh, guiding them through getting government aid and getting that PPP money, and you know, working with them on rent deferrals. So, I do want to say that, that that's crucial. And and
2: the tenants are paying attention to that. Yeah, I that's think, crazy. I think, I think that's a great point. I think what, what happens in these situations, most specifically uh, with, with, with the small local businesses, the mom and pops, uh, you know, you become, you become a shrink, uh, you become an accountant, you become a lawyer, you become everything for them. And 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 again, also part part of the long game, but specifically to the smaller to the smaller tenants, you really just have to do everything. And in, in some cases, I, I I actually had a tenant cry, literally cry. And you you know you just try to walk them through and try to help them through, but uh, you were you all of a sudden wear a lot of hats.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think everybody has a whole hat collection now. Uh, in their closet after uh, after the last year, to be sure, and doing a lot of things that you probably never imagined that that you were going to do. Uh, April, awesome question. Thank you so much for coming up. We're going to uh, wind it down now. It's 11.59, so we're coming up on 12 o'clock, and I want to just thank everybody, uh, all of the uh, the hosts, everybody that came up with questions and comments. Really appreciate all the participation. It was really great. Some you know really interesting uh ideas that were were shared here uh and so hope everybody got a lot of value out of it uh, as we mentioned uh, before. if you like what you heard, uh please let other people know we do this every week at eleven o'clock eastern and uh, drop a follow to everybody up on stage and uh and help uh and help them out so Corey, last word
2: uh thank you for allowing me to part impart some wisdom upon all of you uh We always talk about being there for others. Uh, I'm here to talk with anybody offline if they want to uh, certainly uh, help out. Again, I've really, really been through most of uh, all of these types of situations. So anyone wants to reach out, please feel free.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll speak for the rest of, of the folks that are up here. I'm sure that if you have questions, you'd like to uh, to talk one-on-one with any of the folks that you heard talking today, just uh, hit them up on their DMs and and I know that they'll be happy to, uh, to connect with you. Uh, so uh, with that, I'm going to close this out. This was the uh, uh, Friday, uh, February 26th edition of the CRE Digital Army here on Clubhouse, How to Pivot During a Downturn. This was recorded, so please check it out on the Sabre Audio Experience uh, shortly uh, after this, and we look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.
7: Have a good one, Doug. Thank you.